Good morning, and welcome to Garden Talk on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. I'm Jay Thomas. With me, like always, Jill and Rick Van Dyke. Good morning, guys. Good morning. morning. All right, here we go. The weather is going to be interesting this week. It's going to change. Wow. Yep. We've been, we've been rather spoiled up until now, and we're looking at uh, temperatures that are around that zero mark for highs, even below that. I think I saw like minus 15 on minus Tuesday. Minus 11 Wednesday. Okay. Okay. Yeah. They've not for Regina. Not for down south. Down okay. south. Still, I'm looking at their weather right now, and down south, you're still looking at um, min- well, minus 9, minus 10 on Wednesday night, right? Yeah, that's pretty cold. So minus nine, minus nines. Yeah, we're it's time. So we were getting some phone calls and the garden center. I was listening to some of the calls the customers were asking, and some were, "Can I still put a lawn fertilizer in our lawn?" And the yes. answer is like, "Yes, you can, but you have to still have your water turned on um, in order to be able to water it in." But um, yeah, now it's well. Actually, like, you don't really need to. If you want to put it down, yeah, you're going to get a rain or a snow on top that's of it. True, that's <laughs> true. That's true. Fine too. As long as there's some moisture, and your your yeah. lawn's not like yeah. bone dry. That would be good. Yeah. Um, but it's sprinkler blowing out time for sure this well, week. I, I finished all of my sprinklers on Friday. Yes, I know you so, came to my house and finished mine. Too. So I did because <laughs> we have the garden center, and so we have to, all the trees and shrubs need to be watered right up until we pile them up, and we right you know for the winter time we put insulated tarps over top of the plants, and so we uh, did that this past week. So we did that Thursday, Friday, and mm-hmm. so I on Friday I blew out all the sprinklers. So that means I blow the garden centers, and I blow the the nursery, and I blow. Jill's place, my place, and so he's everywhere. He, everywhere. He drives around with his truck and a big compressor, and it's like it should just say "Rick for hire." Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. No. You'd, you'd have to stop every every third yard just it, to. It takes to, me yeah. all day to do all those. Uh, no so, kidding, because do the neighbors' pivot irrigation systems too, and so we do the we do everything. So. Holy smoke! Wow. <laughs> so it's he's a, a nice man, my dad. <laughs> I, uh, I was doing winter tires this weekend, too. That's what oh, I was up yes. to because, yep, looks like it's going to be... That's today for my wife because I'm going to be in Toronto, uh, and Jill and I are going to be in yeah. Toronto this next week, uh, uh, getting together with uh, basically around 40 other garden, garden center owners. Oh. And, uh, and uh, so just... Doing some networking doing some, and yeah. getting some pooling some resources so we can do some purchasing for next season. Oh, neat. Right on. Yeah. Right on. That's great. Yep. So that's that's exciting because there's always, there's always new products and new things coming out in the market and new trends and yep. all that sort of stuff, and right? So yeah. the way we, you know, the garden centers from all across Canada can get together and um, 40 of us and, and uh, just go over and what's new and what's trending. Mm-hmm. And what worked, what, what didn't. Works, didn't. All right. So we're going to be doing that for the next few days out in Toronto. And um, when I come back, it's going to be white. (laughs) It might be. It might be. You know, I don't know. I I have a feeling that we're going to get snow. It says like Monday, you know, flurries in the afternoon, Monday night snow, Tuesday snow for Saskatoon right now. Mm -hmm. Um, But I have this feeling that it's not going to that's not the the sticking snow. You know what I mean? Like that that'll probably melt. We'll get some sunshine and it'll probably kind of disappear a little bit before we get that. You know what the first Actual thing my snow. son said to me when he woke up this morning? He's like, where I'm like, hey, get ready for hockey. And he's like, mom, we need to buy some winter boots. And I was like, oh my goodness, it is that time already. There's mm-hmm. going to be, he's must be looking at the weather. He's my, I'll be prepared for everything kid. <laughs> so he's already saying, mom, we need some more winter boots. Uh huh. So, yep. Yeah, it's yep. time. Last year's don't fit. Please. So let's go. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. Great way to join the conversation right now. What yes, are you going to say? I'm Rick? looking at the long term forecast. You know, like back around Halloween time, it's going to be like minus minus one night could be minus twenty. Really? <laughs> oh no! You know that mean, that means the snowsuit underneath the Halloween costume, right? Yeah. We all we've all had those those Halloweens when we were kids, right? 
I remember some Halloweens, you're just in your regular Halloween costume, walking around, you got that, uh, you know, uh, pillowcase, just fine. I remember other Halloweens, yeah, like oh, yeah. having to figure out how to get the costume over top of the snowsuit, right? I oh. remember shoveling the walks off with quite a bit of snow to get, you know, for Halloween coming to make sure that it was cleared. So. And Halloween's on a school night this year. So my daughter's teachers are smart this year. You know what they planned on the day after Halloween? What's that? Take a student to work day. <laughs> <laughs> so guess what? The pumpkin maze is going to be coming down on the first. So my daughter and some of her friends are coming to the garden center and they're going to be uh, taking Bur- the pumpkin maze Burning down. off some of that candy. <laughs> yes, exactly. I remember a Halloween. This is, this is, this one sticks in my mind that it had already, it was already cold. And of course, I'm a kind of a car freak. You know, I love cars. Yep. So I dressed up. I, I built a little car I could wear as my Halloween costume. Oh, it was yeah. like out of a cardboard box, basically, <laughs> you right? You have always been a car guy. Right, totally, yeah. But it had like straps went over my shoulders and, it, you know, it was like a little car and it had yeah. fins. And my dad, my dad is an electronics guy, so he even made little lights that like lit up on the, on the front and the back of it and stuff. But I remember like probably just, just about the very end of the night, walking up one driveway. And somebody's downspout went across the sidewalk by oh, yeah. their by their garage, the corner of the garage. Didn't see the ice, slipped, fell, crushed it, just <laughs> crumpled the whole thing up. That was the end of the of the trick or treating that night. That it was over. I was done. Like we went home. <laughs> that was the end of it. But she just kept on going as a collision. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So the fourteen day weather forecast. So this looks like this weekend. If the snow does come. Mm-hmm. It's going to stay for a while. So you think so? It looks like the it. sun won't take care of it. Mm, doesn't look like it. If oh, it's okay. a lot of snow, yeah. All so right. E- even Regina, I'm just looking. Yeah, it's going to be. So get your leaves raked up today. Well, that's what I was thinking. Right? You know, get your leaves raked up today. Anything else, and put them into bags so that uh, you know that you can use it for mulch, or if you need to cover some plants up a little later on, in case we do get a chinook and warm it up again, mm-hmm. uh, so that you can still cover up plants. Uh, do that last cut on your lawn so that the snow doesn't lay it flat. Yeah. So yeah. have yeah. it to about I don't know inch, inch and three quarters about there. Don't go really short. I'm going to tell you a story about that. So I tried to reduce the height of my lawn. Okay. Yep. The last cut that I did before I put the snow, the, the uh, lawnmower away, got the snowblower out. But I, I leave my lawnmower at the, if it, there's five height settings, it's like four out of five. So yeah. it's the second tallest one. And I, th- I thought, well, I'd like to go down to this, like two down, but I'll start with one down. Yeah. Oh. Okay. So I'll just go one down at a time. Down at a time. Yep. You buzz cut it. I buzz cut it, but you know what? The, the stupid lawn in my front of my place is so thick. It was choking out the lawnmower. Like I went down <laughs> one notch. Really? Because when you walk on it, you sink, you sink into it. it, right? So like I could only go down one notch, and I kind of but it's not buzz cutted because it's not it's not you know scalped yeah. or anything. But, but but at least it's all standing up and it's not going to lay flat. Well, it's all sick. It's not. There's no yeah. way it could lay flat. Yeah. I don't know. There's there's no way. Yeah. Like so, I could only really go down one because then it was just filling the bag with like with yeah. sort of thatch from underneath yeah. the bottom of the, the grass. The other thing I'm going to do today is I picked up some copper Bordeaux spray, yep. and I my front lawn is notorious for getting bad snow mold spots, mm. and it almost takes half the summer to recover every year, and I overseed it and everything like that. So I'm going to be trying that. I'm going to be putting some copper Bordeaux spray on the my front lawn just in those areas and seeing if that helps prevent it a little bit. Mm, that's cool. Then, then you got to get your basketball net taken down too and put up your hockey nets now. The oh, hockey, boy. yeah, <laughs> there's lots of work to be done. No kidding. Hey, let's go to get one text in before we go to our first break here. This is uh, Shelly who's in Weyburn. Should raspberry canes be cut down every year? The new growth this year grew to about five feet tall. Uh, I noticed the new canes look sort of pink now. 
Yeah. So the new canes is what you want to leave. You don't need to trim them down unless they're five, six feet tall. You could take them back a third. Okay. But what you want to do is you want to take your third year canes out. Always take the third year canes out. So the ones that are the new, new suckers that come up this year, those are the ones that are going to produce your big producers next for next year. So you don't want to cut those out. If you need to, like I said, just trim them down a little bit. Uh, just so they're not so long and wiry and everything else. So mm-hmm. you're going through and you're thinning your you're crop. Thin, you're taking the old, the old ones, the old gray-looking, you know, stems and that. So you want to trim them down right low to the ground, and then just the ones that basically did all the producing this year. And, and the reason we don't want to cut cut everything down is that the plant spends so much energy just putting. Yeah. You'll get stocks back up. You're not going to get as much fruit. Exactly. Right. Whereas when you're taking those third year ones out, those are the old woody gross ones. They're not going to produce much anyways. Right. And if you have trouble with some of those taller stocks, like a lot of the commercial, um, you know, that grow the raspberries for commercial, you know, to sell them again, Mm -hmm. they have posts up with wires up and they actually wire up their, their raspberry canes. Right. Oh, really? So they then get it because they need to get the, um, you know, they, they have, yeah. Basically, mechanical pickers going through, right? Right, machines, yeah. Machines, so that's what they do to hold them up against so because, because like I said, they, they're six, seven feet tall, yeah, right? Yeah, right, I guess, yeah. And prickly. And prickly, yep. yep. Looks like this is the day to enjoy. Like, we're going to have plus temperatures today. It's where we are right now, blue sky, sunshine, a few little light fluffy clouds. And this is sort of like the edge of the cliff, so to speak, for the weather. We were kind of talking about that a little earlier, which is a little depressing, but uh, we're talking about snow, for a good chunk of the province on sort of tomorrow afternoon, tomorrow night into Tuesday. And then temperatures are cold. Like we were seeing Wednesday night in Saskatoon, the forecast is minus 17. Yep. So That's still, cold. If you still got some of your tulips and your garlic and everything in the ground, get it in today. This, that, this is get today. This today. is the day, right? Put it in today. <laughs> we're going to go to our text line in just a moment here, but we got to thank uh, Janet, who's in McCord, for waiting so long on the hold for us. Hi there, Janet. How are you? Hi. How are you guys doing? Very good. That's good. Um, my question is, I got a poinsettia given to me by a very good friend, and she's had it for two years. Um, she never really um, brought it to turn red, and I know you have to put it in darkness, and I'm just wondering what's the rule of thumb on that? 12 hours of darkness. So yeah, 12 it, to 14 hours of darkness, and it's complete darkness. So sometimes what I'll do is I'll find a large box that you can put it in, or even if you have like... A spare bedroom closet you can put it in then put a towel along the the base of the closet door so that no light at all can get in there that's the fastest way to turn them and then um so put them put them in there like maybe starting at like seven o'clock at night and then take them out in the morning um okay put them in a sunny window for the for the day and then put them back in around like you just put them in a room sometimes you've got a street light that comes in shines in through the window and that okay. that will make them so that they won't they won't turn the color or properly the okay. entire plant won't turn a color too yeah, yeah. okay okay mm-hmm. so um do you you continue to water them and everything while you want to treat them just as if you normally would um remember point set is they like to go dry to the touch before you start watering them again so stick that finger in about up your second uh, knuckle and make sure it feels dry to the touch before you're watering it or you can even water it from a dish and bottom water it as well too. And because you're starting late, because normally we start, you would start that in the beginning of October, right? Um, so then you may even want to put a, a grow light or something like that to supplement during the daytime, you know? Because uh, oh. our our our, our light, intensity of the sun is not as intense anymore, right? So right. just to give them just that little bit more sunlight uh, with with a grow light the, during the days that you during those hours that you. Um, 
that you have the light on, that will help them as well. Yeah, so south or west facing window too would help yep. too. Yeah, full sun. So how, okay, so how long do you, how long do you um, do this for? So 12, 12 to 14 hours of darkness and then the rest of the time, the, the rest of that 24 hours has to be light. But then for, yeah, how, for how many weeks? For about six oh, weeks, yep. I would say. Right up, right up until they turn color. Okay, okay. Then when they start turning color, you just stop doing that? Like as soon as they start Yeah, you'll see or... those bracts turn red. Those are the leaves that are turning red. And you'll start to yeah. see the flowers form in the center, which are little, almost like little yellow balls in the center. Um, okay. Those are the flowers. And so once you start seeing that happen, then then you can stop doing the, the day-night, day-night, and then just allow okay. them to do it naturally and just enjoy okay. them. Once they get to your full color, then they're time to enjoy. Yeah, and if okay. your plant has got a little bit lanky as well, you can give it a little bit of pruning right now too. So just sort of pinch out the, the center pieces on those bracts as well and that will help with some more bushing and branching as well too okay, okay. and then the red will turn back to green after that and you just continue on yep. until next year so, right? exactly and because you want growth right now too so you want fertilizing right so oh. as well so i do fertilize it right uh, now ab- as well. absolutely okay schultz 10 15 10 is okay yep. yeah that will work just fine okay Okay, and just like uh, once every two weeks? Yeah, just follow the houseplant instructions on the container. It should say four houseplants on the back of the container and follow those directions. Okay, Okay. perfect. Thank you. All right, thanks, Janet. Take care. Yeah, you too. Thanks. Bye. 1-877-332-8255. we got a couple of texts that have rolled in there that are, that are great. Uh, we actually talked at the end of last break. Uh, Judy and Mooseman just texted us. Uh, tuned into the show late. Said uh, she heard Jill talking about Bordeaux on the lawn. What's the reason for that? And how much do you mix and spray on the lawn? So let's go over that one really quick time again here. It's a powder. You mix with water and you just spray according to the instructions. Um, it's so many so many um, mills of, of powder for water. Mix it up. Put it in your sprayer. And just spray it onto your lawn. Basically, what it does is it's a preventive. It stops the the mildew. So, you want to put it on as as close to as the snowfall you can get, and uh, and that'll help just help prevent that from from uh, it's a copper spray, so it helps prevent the powdery mildew from coming. That's all. Just, it, just a sprayer we can use, right? Just, like just like a, a pump sprayer. Just we can a regular use. pump sprayer, right? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. So that's why there, Judy. Uh, Judy also says planted cedars in the spring and they have struggled, lost some foliage. Will they come back? Should I use fertilizer spikes this fall? Uh, no, no, no fertilizer this fall. But you can fertilize uh, starting first thing in the spring around May the tenth. Mm-hmm. Every three weeks, right up until July the fifteenth. And then um, I like using 30-10-10 because lots of nitrogen get them growing. Mm-hmm. Now, if they've gone sparse, there's usually a reason. So that could be either from fungal or from uh, from spider mite. With the with the dry weather, is most likely from spider mite inside. And so you will have to look at that and, and take a close look at that uh, starting next June, well, after the May long weekend, around June the 1st. And then you may have to spray either for fungal, a Bordeaux, or malathion, or insecticidal soap, uh, like a Endol or something like that. Uh, for uh, otherwise, you have to spray them three times, fourteen days apart, starting around June the first. Okay, let's go to our phone lines. We've got uh, go, we're going to go out to Melford right now, and we're going to talk to another Rick. Hi there, Rick. How are you? Oh, I'm good. Right Very on. Good. What's your question for us? Uh, my question is, uh, I've got a treasured uh, red uh, column apple tree that I bought about three years ago. Yep. Last winter, the rabbits ate the top part, all the bark, all the way around the top center stem. Yep. So I cut it off in the, in the spring. Is that apple tree going to produce apples now? Um, how, how much, how far did you cut it down? 
of oh, it was the the tip must have been at least two feet up. Okay, they ate all the way around. Yeah, so it's a young tree yet. Then, so it's only your tree is only like two to three feet tall, right? Uh, uh, it's about maybe four feet now. Okay, so yeah, so you may get one or two apples next year, uh, but it'll be the it'll be basically two years after that where you'll start getting your more production. That's, you had a pretty young tree, so it, it takes it takes uh, sometimes up to three years to really get into production, right? And uh, and and now some of your your obviously your branches you have, you had to start over on part of it, right? And uh, so. So, um, so bottom line is that put a fence around that thing for this winter, because I'm going to fence around it right now. Yeah, but, uh, good, good. Uh, can I uh, graft the center stem? Can you? Like, uh, I could probably split it and then put a grafting next spring. Would it? Uh, would it produce that center uh, shaft again? Uh, yeah, you can. You can graft. You can definitely graft. There's no center shaft. You can graft in there, or you can just, or you can pin up one year. If you started right away, you can pin up a new leader, right? Like a new uh-huh. bud that comes out, you can pin it up so that it goes up more straight, and yeah. uh, and so you could do it that way. So either way, because a lot of times we've had, uh, you know, the tip die or broken branch or something like that, and you just pin up a new bud right from the start, and then that, you know, basically put a little, almost like a like a. You know how like a, a an edging spike, you know, has a little concave in it. You can yep. you can put that up there and it forces the bud to go straight up, and then that'd be your new leader. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah, because yeah, I might have to do that. I thought yep. the the column tree only produced off the center uh, uh, stem. Yep. No, it'll produce off of the side little side right the spurs off the side stems as well. Oh, I see. Okay, yep. well, okay. That's all I wanted to know. I thought I'd have to buy another tree from you guys come springtime yeah no you can get that thing to go again so not not a problem okay okay well thank you very much all right thanks rick take care okay bye a couple people are saying don't freak out too much uh quentin and vanskoy is like calm down guys can't say it's winter till it's winter (laughs) thanks quentin we'll call you tomorrow (laughs) (laughs) and and saying too that environment canada often can't even get 12 to 24 hours collect correct never uh, never mind 10 days that's true you know yes okay but you know you, you you don't want to get caught with all the leaves on your lawn either, though. Yes. So that's what we're saying. Is that today, get those, get so those last be, little things be done. Be proactive, not we're, reactive. Yes, we're not trying to panic or you know set you freaking out, but uh, the reality is what, what we think is coming. So thanks, Quinton. Uh, let's go to our phone lines. We'll get back to the text in a moment, but Bob has been giving us a call here in Saskatoon. Hi there, Bob. How are you? I'm okay. And I phoned in about a year ago uh, about the giant pumpkin way off. Yes. Did you hear... There's a new world record. No, no tell us. Tell us. Well, I have no idea. <laughs> I, thought, I thought maybe you had it yourself. I thought you grew it. No. <laughs> no, it's... it's Now, I may be mistaken. 2749. 2749. Yeah, we just, we just popped up a computer here, so... Yeah, 2749 in Minnesota. A horticultural teacher... 2749 pounds. That was October 11th. 2749 pounds. Tomorrow, yeah. That's That's massive. A couple couple days ago, yeah. Okay, so I'm I'm going to send out and get all that pumpkin to make pumpkin pies. (laughs) Oh, wow. You're going to go compete with Costco, huh? You're going to go feed the community. (laughs) (laughs) I just love pumpkin pie, but that's not the point. Anyway, so you heard... 
Yep, yep. That's, that's amazing. That's amazing. That's, that's incredible, isn't that's it? That's amazing. What size was your pumpkin pie? Your pumpkin, I mean. I didn't grow any because grow. I live I live in an apartment now, okay. and yep. all I have is a pot. Oh, you know what? You should try and grow a pumpkin in a pot. Yeah, give it a shot. Out in your deck. We can maybe have the competition for the smallest pumpkin on in, <laughs> in the yard. And no. see we oh, can get God. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks for calling, That's Bob. awesome. I thought, I thought that you would know, and uh, and I just wanted to confirm it, because that is incredible. It is. That's massive. It is, yep. Massive. And, and, and I have somebody that's online and texts and does all that kind of stuff, because all I am is uh, a phone, and $300 a seed. Yeah. For those big ones. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. 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 And then, and then, of course, the biggest ones are most likely going to come from an area where the temperature is not too hot. Okay. But it's yeah. still, it's the, the, you can start earlier in the spring. Like this is Minnesota, right? Yeah. So, so it's a long, it's, longer season, but so not too hot. You still have a little bit of a longer season, but it's not too hot. That's where you're going to get the real, the record ones. Yeah. And I know. Then, and and it, then you got to water like crazy. Yeah, and you got to put them onto a pallet, you know, yeah. before they get too big because you can't move them when they're that big, right? Otherwise. So, no. <laughs> unbelievable. Thank you very much. Okay. Thanks, Thanks Bob. Take, take care. 1 877 I didn't know that. 2,749 pounds. That's crazy. Let's go to our text line. Uh, Brenda is in Norway. Is it too late to plant hyacinth and tulip bulbs? No, it's not you too know. late. You can go right up till the ground freezes if you want yep. to. Get it in today. Yeah. And this was also came in from Lynn. It's the same idea. Uh, after I planted my garlic cloves, do I have to water them in? You want to get them a water. You want to get them a water in, yes. And then, um, and then, what I would suggest you do if you just planted them now, I'd even throw a little bit of leaves or something like that, or some mulch, and just gives them that little extra time. The ground won't freeze. And don't and throw those leaves into the hole. You want no, to no, put that over, over top. top. Like you put a bark mulch, whatever you know. Um, even if you want to, with those garlic areas, just put even into a white bag a bunch of leaves. Set it on top, throw a stone on top of it. That white bag will actually, the white bag will reflect the sun so it doesn't get too hot, being white, not black. Mm -hmm. And then also the plastic, just like your house, it acts like an insulation, right? You're putting basically plastic a vapor barrier, right? Yep. And then insulation on, on the outside of the, what's inside the bag and that, that will keep the, the soil from freezing and getting your, your bulbs that will just give them that much longer to root and you'll have even a better crop next year. Now with planting your bulbs when they don't have time to root, I've been reading a little bit about yep. this and, um, you can plant them. They won't have time to root, but then it's going to delay their blooming and producing in the spring because they're going to need to root then in the spring. So you can still plant them now right up until freeze up, get them into the ground. They're, it's not going to harm the bulb at all. It's just going to delay what's going to happen in the spring. And that's why I like doing the plastic and, yeah, and the insulation. Exactly. Then they might get rooted in a bit. And they might have a bit more chance to get rooted in and a little more success next year quicker. Yeah, okay. exactly. All right. one 332 8255 Maureen sent us a text. I have gnats in my house plant soil. I'm using yellow sticks. Any other tips? Can I buy neem oil somewhere? I heard that works good too. Yeah, can't buy neem oil in Canada. No. Okay, so that's so, gone, Maureen. There is some places online that you can get it shipped to you. Um, they don't have it advertised for horticulture use. Yeah, but you can get it online. You just it's not won't be advertised for horticulture, horticulture. use. Yeah, so okay. You can do that. So the other thing, yes, the yellow sticks pick up the oh. adults. But we want to get rid of the stuff that's in the soil. So you can do two things. Yep. One is that we have a, uh, it's called a nematode. It's called a pot popper. 
and there's a nematode. You can put a little bit of these nematodes in each of your plants. You can buy a little sphere and you mix it with water and you water it into your plants. And then that way those little bugs, little, those little worms go after the, the larva of the, of the fungus gnats. Yep. Take care of them that way. Or you can just take a piece of apple, a slice of apple or a slice of potato, set it on top of the soil and then basically come back 24 hours later and the little, Little maggots, right? The little tiny—they're very, very tiny. Uh, they'll come up to the potato and then take a little pull a potato up, and then you'll have a spoon with you, and you'll see someone on the top of the soil just underneath the potato. Scoop them up, throw the piece of potato away, and and the rest of them away, and then uh, um, and then put another piece of potato there again. You'll get the rest of them. Right, and that that does take a, a little bit of a process. Yes, and it's a little bit more work. The nematodes, uh, although they cost a bit more money than just a potato, yep. work amazing. Yeah, I've you, used them. You've used them, uh, right? They're, they're phenomenal. Yeah. You just water it in, keep your plant plant moist, make sure it's not drying out for the time while you're using that. That's it. You put them in once. They're gone. They're gone. It's awesome. Uh, so, Maureen, you can you can go that way for sure. one 332 8255 Okay, let's go back to where we were here. Uh, somebody, not sure who, in Saskatoon says, when can I cover my globe cedars? Yeah, as soon as the ground, I always say as soon as the ground freezes. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're not trying to, you're not trying to basically, there's two things you're trying to do when you're covering your cedars. You're trying to keep wind protection from them drying out. And, but mainly it's for in March when the sun gets warmer and the first week of April when the sun gets very warm mm-hmm. and the ground's still frozen. It yep. can't, it so it desiccates the needles. It dries them out. So you're shading the plant. So you're shading the plant or you're windscreening the plant. Okay. Right. You're doing those two things. You're not, it's not trying to put a coat on them. They can handle the cold. That's not the problem. Yeah. Okay. It's not putting a coat on them. You're just trying to shade them. Basically, the number one is you're trying to shade them. And if you need to put stakes in the ground in order to shade them, make sure you do that now before the ground yeah. freezes. And make sure when you wrap, if you are going to wrap right on the plant, leave it six inches off the ground. Okay. Yes. Don't wrap right to the ground because otherwise, if you wrap right down to the ground, you're not letting the snow go to the ground at the base of the plant. To insulate. It's to insulate the plant, and then all of a sudden the frost goes through your burlap at the top and then gets right to your roots at minus 40, which is not good. Okay. Uh, this is who? Darren in Saskatoon. What, if any, pruning should be done to a hydrangea this time of year? Just take the blooms off, and when you take the blooms off, take them right to the next node. Um, that's the best thing to do. I wouldn't cut them back. You will get a little bit of winter kill, and I like to do a light pruning in the spring as yeah. well. Okay. Yeah, definitely in the spring. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's the best time to best bloom, time. but take your blooms off because the snow will weigh those down and then you'll get breaking on the branches if you don't do that. The, the reason why, Jill, is because I like, I like doing that is because I like them to catch as much snow as possible because snow is a great insulator. Yeah, right. Uh, Sarah text us, good morning. Picked up dog spot prevent from your store, but forgot to put it on before I winterized my yeah. sprinklers. Can I apply it without watering it after? Yeah, put it in because it looks like we're going to get some rain in the next couple of days or some snow. Yeah. So put it down and then that'll help you for this for those for the spring here mm-hmm. perfect because the product in it is not just fertilizer it has other things in that that will that will help prevent that so you definitely put it down right away uh waiting the longest in regina is betty who's on the phone line right now hi betty how are you oh great great thank you what is your question for us well um i don't know what to do with my amaryllis now okay i brought it in about uh, a month ago because they were getting uh you know, five degrees and so on at night. So it's been in the fridge for about a month. So, but I've still got three green leaves on it. 
So you want to keep it cooled for about six to eight weeks, and then you bring it out, and you can start. Um, you can pot it back up again, and or if it already is pot up, just start watering it. Give it a little bit of fertilizer, and you'll start seeing a bloom in about four weeks after that. So probably around the seventh of November. Mm-hmm. Probably you can round that. Pro- then you can bring it out and get it growing again. It's more timing it now as far as when you want it to bloom. So if you want to leave oh. it in the fridge a little bit longer, it's just going to keep it a little bit more dormant longer, and then okay. you can take it out. But uh, it will be ready at that kind of six weeks, six week spot. But- What'll happen to the leaves? So like they're still green; they haven't died off. Yeah, or- no, that'll be fine. They'll 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 actually just even with the leaves there, they'll pop up a new stem. Okay, now I continue to water it. Because I haven't watered it since it's been in the fridge. Uh, it, when it's in the fridge, it's dormant, so you don't need to water it as much. You'll want to start okay. watering it as soon as you bring it out. Okay, so I can leave it there for another... Another week or two yet. That, okay. Yeah, for sure. We'll try it. Thank okay. you. Hi, Thanks, Good Betty. luck. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. 1-877-332-8255. We're going to keep going with the calls here out to Moose Jaw right now to talk to Shannon. Hi, Shannon. How are you? Good, thank you. Good. What is, what's your question for us? All right, I have a mature plum tree, about 25 years old, uh, good growth, lots of leaves. Um, but I noticed this fall that the main, one of the main branches, it's about two arms thickness, it's cracked right up where it joins the main trunk. Yep. And I'm wondering if it's too late to cut that off nope. now. Now is a perfect time. And then what do I use? Do I just buy that uh, green tree, like the goop that you put on it to that, cover the... Uh, you can if, it, if it's, you, you say it's pretty big, it's over two inches, right? Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, you can cut it off and then and then just put a, a pruning pruning paste or a pruning paint on it, right? And that'll be fine. If it's over two inches, then I use pruning paint. If it's under two inches, you don't need to. Oh no, it's about the uh, it's about the width of your hand. Yeah, like the, the inside of your hand. Yeah, no, no problem. Just now is a perfect time. The leaves either turn color or are falling off the plum trees, and yeah. so not a problem. Now is a perfect time. All right, and uh, I wanted to prune my apple tree because it's gotten too high, but there's still leaves on it that are green. Yep. When's the time that I can actually do that? Wait till the end of end of next week. We're going to get some minus seven, fifteen, seventeens. Then it's ready to go. And then cover it with that uh, pruning. Yeah, plant. only if they're big. If, if it's at the top, you're not going to be that big. You don't need to. Right. All right. Thank you very okay. much. Thanks, Jen. Yeah. Take care. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. We're keep moving here. We've got lots of stuff to get answered. Uh, we're going to talk about perennials, I think, with Ian, who's in Saskatoon. Hi, Ian. How are you? Hi. Uh, I'm okay. Yourself? Pretty good. What do you yeah. What do you want to ask here for us? Um, okay. So I had talked to uh, I think Rick uh, before about uh, those pillow, you know, insulating pillows with leaves. Yep. So okay. So I have some clear bags, but um, if best to use white if you can, rather than clear or black, it's better. Okay, if you have white, like because white reflects the sun. Okay, that's the best thing. Uh, clear acts like a little greenhouse; it warm heats up the leaves and that. And black also attracts the sunlight, right? It makes it warm. So oh, okay, white okay. white is better. Okay, so uh, do you put any leaves or anything? Like uh, right now, what I have is my mulch is up. Uh, it's not over top of say where the where the uh, the, the circular these the, boy I can't think of how to say that when you put what I I can't think like, of yeah, these pillows you're going to use mainly for your perennials okay that are flat to the ground you're not going to use them for a shrub or something like that you're basically no gonna, no yep. yeah I've got about twenty perennials yep. okay so when I put them in the ground I've got the mulch that comes up to where the 
the pot would be. There's nothing over the over where the plant itself. Is. Right. So you put that right on top of the put the center of the bag over top of the middle of the plant. Okay. And, and then do I still do I put the mulch or whatever? The mulch, the mulch should be in the bag. Open if the garbage. Wanna... Open the garbage bag. Right. Fill the bag like a like a shape like a pillow. Right. And then yep. put it on top of your plant, and then put a stick or a rock so it doesn't blow away, and you're set to go. Are okay. you are you saying like you have the kind of a well around your perennials with the mulch in the spring as it's growing, and you're wondering if you should push that mulch back around the plant before you put the pillow on? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So you yes, can. you can do that. Yes. You can push yes. that mulch back around the perennial plant and then put the pillow on top. Okay. Okay. Good thing how to say that. Yeah. No, that's all that's good. Fine. That's all Perfect. good. We gotcha. Okay, thank you. You're, You're welcome. welcome. You're welcome. Take care, Ian. Take care. Bye bye. 1-877-332-8255. I think we'll squeeze one more on here before we got to go. And we've got Gail, who's in Regina. Hi there, Gail. How are you? Hi. How are you? Very good. Um, I have banana trees, two banana trees that yes. I brought in. I did the end all every 10 days for yeah. three, three things. Um, they're kind of droopy. Yeah. Like that's... I'm getting new leaves, but they're droopy and some of the leaves are turning brown. That's pretty normal. They will um, they will change uh, with the with when you bring them in. They'll go through a little bit of shock that way. Okay. Um, you can just trim some of those those old leaves off, and sometimes I will even strip those leaves off. Okay. Now, one thing you'll want to watch with the bananas is uh, they are very susceptible to spider mite inside the house. So on the underside of the leaves, that's where you're going to have to be watching for those new um, new new. Um, like babies hatching and, okay. and watching for spider mite. Um, okay. So make sure you keep that guy away from your other plants for a little bit because it, there's a lot of surface area on those banana leaves. So, right. Um, so do I spray them again with Endol? Yeah, I'd probably be watching them every 10 to 14 days for a little bit, for a couple okay. months at least, and just making sure that you, you've you got all of the different cycles of that spider mite. Use a magnifying glass to look at the backside yeah. leaves because when they're oh. that small, you won't see them, right? Yeah. Good idea. Yeah. Okay. Great. Thank you for your help. All You're right. right. You're welcome. Okay. Take care, Gail. Bye-bye. 1-877-332-8255 is our text line. We're going there for to get like one more answer here before we got to leave. We're okay. going to text you back if we don't get your, your text on the air. I've got three apple trees uh, from Dutch Growers about five years ago. Year four, there was a few small apples, and this year they didn't produce any. What do you suggest you do in the spring to help them out? Give it a light pruning right now or first thing in the spring in the, in the beginning of April. And just a light pruning, just, just to thin it out a little bit and even the top a little bit. And then next year, you'll get a lot more fruit. You okay. should get it. All right. And then use a fruit and berry fertilizer next spring. We got to get leaves off the ground today, yes. right? That's last day. Last day. So this is the yep. day to do some raking. Maybe get the leaf blower out, yep. leaf vacuum, Pick, whatever you got. Get your tools oiled up with some vegetable oil and some of your tools. Put them in the garage. And um, and maybe dig out the shovel. <laughs> yeah. Get your snow shovel ready to go and get your pots moved away from the edge of your sidewalks, those kind of things. All right. Well, enjoy what's left of our season right now and get out there and uh, get cleaned up. I'm Jay with Joe and Rick. Thanks for, the, for joining us. We'll see you same time, same place next week. Weekend here on Garden Talk on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM.